Hello and welcome to Unbox, the podcast that dives deep into the world of custom packaging and innovative brand experiences. In each episode, we'll be exploring the latest trends, innovations, and best practices in the design and packing industry, and then taking a look at how they can help businesses like Yars to create memorable and impactful brand experiences. I'm your host, Sam Johnston. Let's get started. Welcome to Unbox, the podcast that dives deep into the world of custom packaging and innovative brand experiences. In each episode, we'll be exploring the latest trends, innovations, and best practices in the design and packaging industry. Now, they can help businesses like yours to create memorable and impactful brand experiences. So I'm your host, Sam Johnson, and in this episode, we'll be talking to Rachel Rothman, who is the Chief Technologist and Executive Technical Director at Good Housekeeping, overseeing consumer product testing for all of the labs across the Good Housekeeping Institute. It's great to have you here, Rachel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Amazing. Um, well, we're going to get some gold out of this interview. I know we're going to go through the standard kind of five questions that everyone gets asked here so the listeners can skip and get to the parts of gold that they want to get out of this. Um, but we'll go straight to the first one here, which is initially, what inspired you to get into your career and how did you get your start? It was a lucky stumbling, I'll say. Um, my family background is consumer electronic distribution. So kind of dinner fodder for us was always talking about the latest and greatest SKUs for predominantly uh, appliances and consumer tech. Um, I had a very legitimate Sega Genesis collection of probably, I don't know, <laughs> 450 games by the time I was like eight years old. Nice. So uh, just growing up around product, um, I, it, it's a joke, but it's true. My first CES was in the womb. Uh, my family had a booth at CES since, you know, well before I was born. Uh, I had a high aptitude for mathematics, anything quantifiable when I was younger, eventually led me into things that were science. Um, physics-based stuff. I really wanted to be a civil engineer. That was, I loved architectural drawing. I, I, I think as an engineer, you walk into a room and you just see it differently. Yep. And so I saw it for the beautiful design, but, but also the structuring of it all. And civil engineering was kind of a natural path for me. They dissolved that program my freshman year. So um, I was in the engineering school. I knew I wanted to stay there. I knew I had aptitude there. I knew I had passion there. I had no idea what exactly I wanted to do. Um, so I wound up going with the broadest uh, engineering discipline that was physics-based, which was mechanical engineering. I saw a host of different people going into all sorts of amazing careers from it. Um, and I knew it would give me a really solid foundation for whatever I was going to do after that. Um, and then I luckily uh, kind of landed in the sphere that I was in. I had a brief stint in PR and I was working with Sony Pictures. And I was like, Ooh, engineering is easier than working with celebrity. <laughs> And then I, uh, an advisor of mine said, hey, have you you know, heard about the Good Housekeeping Institute? Uh, they are the product testing arm for, for the brand. I think you'd be great for it. They're looking for a consumer electronics tester. And I was like, what do you mean? I get paid to do all the <laughs> things I love doing. This is fantastic. Amazing. Um, and so long and short, that's how I ended up there uh, at a job I never knew even existed. What a story. Wow. What was that transition like going from the kind of PR world suddenly into this new testing facility? Um, jarring, <laughs> exciting, exhilarating. Um, I think like many young women, you kind of always have this attitude of maybe I'm not the best for the job. Maybe I'm not going to know all the things that I'm supposed to know. Um, in retrospect, you know, 15 plus years later, I can look back and say I was the best hire for this job. There was yeah. no person that was better suited for this job based on my education experience and my family background. Um, 
but I didn't have the confidence then. And so, you know, I kind of took the gamble. I remember interviewing and being like, there's no way I got this job. And I got the call and I was like, oh, I got the job. Okay. Amazing. You know, and then I kind of pulled up my sleeves and each day was a new day and each day was a new learning. And I had a wonderful team uh, in support, but I had the passion and I, you know, I had the background that they were looking for and, and I learned on the job. Good on you. Yeah, learning fast. That's always a hard skill to learn, but uh, even just how to learn is a real yeah. good asset. Awesome. Yeah. Well, a lot of our listeners, um, they may be product brands. They may be people that are aspirational, that are thinking about launching a product, or there may be someone just in a corporate setting that's looking for a different perspective. And a lot of the conversation going on in the market right now is around like building customer loyalty. How do yeah. you retain customers? How do you get bigger basket values, so on and so forth? So the next question um, is really relevant to that, which is, how does custom packaging and or product brand experiences, so the experience the customer has with that brand, contribute to creating a loyal customer base? I think the packaging is first and foremost what a consumer is going to see. You know, if they're per- if if they're on shelf, that's what they're going to see. And or once they purchase it, it's it's the physical manifestation of it. I look at it as like it is holistically with the product. The product cannot exist without the packaging of what it's in. The packaging is going to serve, you know, a lot of different functions. Obviously, it has to, if it's being shipped, which many of these are, it has to safely transport it. Um, It has to be able to withstand all the different conditions it's going to go in. But then the product and packaging can serve as materials for you, marketing materials for you. So consumers are becoming more savvy and they're looking at it. They're looking at the ingredients. They're looking at the certifications on there. Um, And it also just speaks to who you are. What are the fonts? What are the colors? What is the style that you're using? Mm -hmm. Consumers are going to gravitate to something that aesthetically they like and that also they're going to be able to find the information they want on it. Um, So I think that it's kind of that first touch point that a lot of consumers are going to have with tangibly having something from your brand and it speaks volumes about it uh, yep. to the consumer. So that would pro- that would be kind of the, the, yeah. the first touch point, I think, for a lot of people with, with the brand and, and something that they can hold on to. Definitely. And I think a lot of early founders are so so passionate about their product and um, they fully understand the use case and the pain that it's solving in the market. Sometimes getting that message across effectively within the packaging can, yeah, it's something that's, that's missing. So really great advice. And, and with all of the experience that you've had across you know, the organization you've been working with for, for a good amount of time, is there any strategies or is there any kind of steps that you've seen businesses go through to correct this and improve it? Yeah, um, I think it is a, con- a continuous iteration of improvement across industries. And I, the area that I'm most excited about now is in terms of sustainability. Yeah. So how do you create something that is mindful of the resource that it's using, but still also effective in, in delivering what it's going to? Um, so I think you know, for for brands, it's, it's not just thinking through and differentiate by my look and my feel, all these things, but you also have, have to have an effective packaging, mm-hmm. primary, secondary, et cetera, that's going to actually deliver appropriate functionality. To a consumer, you need to work. You need to work yeah. well or they're not going to use it again. So above all else, um, and that's something that I think is really incredibly important to never lose sight of, deliver the core functionality of what you're doing. That yeah. should never be sacrificed for anything. Um, and then on top of it, again, so the area that I'm most excited by in terms of sustainability, depending upon the industry, that could be the materials, that could be you know, efficiency in terms of transport, that could be other innovative elements to it. But don't ever do that at the sacrifice of the product doing what it's supposed to do. That's great advice. Well, what are some of the biggest challenges or roadblocks that you've seen businesses face when it comes to 
productizing, branding, and creating brand experiences, and how have some of those challenges being overcome? I think one of the biggest challenges is the, unfortunately, lack of consumer education across kind of the all of the different. Consumers here expected to kind of uh, apply to six of something. You can't always do it. You know, they they may all of a sudden be like, "Well, I don't I don't want plastic anymore." Period. But why is plastic being utilized? Is there a smarter way to use plastic? Why does plastic have a bad rap? Does it always have to have a bad rap? What yeah. what other pl- things can you be replacing it with? Is what you're replacing it with worse than what you actually had to begin with? So I think you have to understand consumer expectation. And then unfortunately, we still have this uphill battle of educating the consumer to understand all of these different elements. Um, there was one uh, brand, I won't name specifically, only because I cannot recall offhand, but but the intent of it was, we're not going to be a discount brand. Like we are priced high. We will continue to be priced high. We are going to continue to be priced high because we are develop, de- uh, delivering utmost quality. You yep. will never have your, sacri- your your quality sacrifice for this. So I think by being intentional with their branding and marketing around it, they were able to still deliver what they wanted to without having to, you know, trim, trim any of the fat or cut any corners to deliver something other than what they felt was the best possible product. Yeah. Um, so I think in a lot of times it's actually education. I have my sister who's going to listen to this and, and laugh, but she's always like, well, why is it made with X? And I'm like... Well, what else do you want it made with, Jen? Let's let's talk through this, and then she'll say why. And I'm like, that is actually not physically possible. That's that that is and or that's dangerous <laughs> and or that's not an effective route to ensure the the efficacy of the product. And 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 and. So yeah. the consumer understanding and then thinking something, you know, just because, okay, BPAs are awful. Yeah, we don't want them in it. But what are you replacing it with? Could that potentially be even more toxic than what was originally mm-hmm. there? So um, I think, unfortunately, there's a high level of education that is still missing. And yeah. I think one of the ways you can actually overcome that is through whatever it is you are putting on your packaging. Your packaging can can translate a lot of really valuable information about what you've done, how you've thought through it. In some cases, it's regulatory that you're mandated to do it. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes hard because you have want to make it aesthetic and you have to get all these words on there and et cetera. Um, but I think, again, I think a big gap exists due to uh, knowledge and we're continuing to evolve and hopefully we continue to evolve even more expediently. Um, but in certain industries, it's easier. Uh, mm-hmm. In some of them, you have big players who are taking the stance and it's forcing the industry to follow suit. And in some, it's just slower going for, you know, for other reasons. So um, I think it's looking at the product in and of itself, um, as opposed to kind of trying to compare it cross-categorically against different things as well. It's, it's a challenge. It's a it's a challenge no. for, for brands. It's a fun place to play, yeah. You gotta get it yeah. right. But um, is there any organizations or brands that you've seen doing it right that are kind of aspirational that maybe some of our listeners could go and take a look at where they're meeting the kind of brand consumer expectation really well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one thing that's incredibly important is that it has to be true to your DNA. You know, brands that are thinking of this from the onset, you know, those are the brands that are doing it really well. The Patagonias, they've been thinking about this for decades before consumers were really having this as a part of their vernacular and their desires to ask for things. Um, In the toy industry, you have a toy company, Green Toys. The company was founded on the principle of we are going to mindfully make sustainably made and thought through products from beginning to end. 
Um, so I think, again, it's it's when a brand is really um, purposeful about it and it's not an afterthought. Um, and, and for most of the cases where you're seeing really incredible things and not to say new innovative things aren't coming up every single day, but it's those who uh, made the choice from the outset that this was going to be something that was principally important to who we are and what we are and how we're doing things. Awesome. We'll make sure to put those links into the show notes as well. So if anyone is keen to look at those organizations, we can give you a link straight there. Um, I think this leads nicely on to one of the final questions. So or at least the final topics here is, um, having spoken about some of the challenges that organizations face, some you know some of the ways they can overcome those, some great examples of those in the market, let's take a look into the future and kind of forecast ahead. W- what do you see changing with the future of packaging, customer brand experiences, maybe over the next five to 10 years? What do you see changing and what could businesses be doing today to stay ahead of that curve? I think we're starting to see a lot of it. I mean, technology is going to continue to accelerate at an exponential rate. We know this. This is factual. Um, But small things like you put a QR code on it and all of a sudden you can unlock a myriad of information after the fact. So you can start with some basic things about, you know, what what are the materials? What did we use it for about the product, et cetera. But you can layer in videos later. You can layer in audio. You can layer in podcasts. You can layer in whatever you want after the fact. So I think the packaging is going to be a conduit to be able to provide, you know, them with something tangible um, and utilize that point, utilize that point for providing even more information and locking more. So um, that's something that I think is incredibly important, you know, whatever the touch point is. So right now QR codes are kind of, you know, a la mode. Great. Utilize that because a consumer can easily then use that to get more information and you can continue to grow that. Um, I'm really liking when the, the packaging is part of the product in and of itself. So I have, I have kids, I have three kids, um, and they love unboxing. So they're part yeah. of the generation that just like lives and breathes in that space. But then when the unboxing can then be utilized as a parent, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So now the box is, you know, reused for, uh, you know, we made one of them into a spaceship. Yes. Awesome. But it was awesome. mindfully done. So the brand had like made little places for us to be able to do it with it. Um, so it made a great little project for us to do. To, to use it with. Um, there's another company uh, that I really love in the toy industry, Clickso, and they purposefully say, we don't want you to just restore your product in here, but their packaging is so delightful. I use it for <laughs> all sorts of things around the household. Nice. Um, so it, it's now been repurposed and it's you know 100% recyclable, all these wonderful yeah. things. So it is sustainably made, but I'm reusing it because it was well-designed, it was well-constructed, and now I'm using it, like I literally have it I switch desks. I apologize. I keep it on my, my work desk and it has all my pens in it. And one one has notebooks and it's, and it's cute and clever. So I think um, multifunctionality is important. Minimalism is important. The materials obviously matter. And then again, you continue to see people lead the way. So even just in terms of the inks that are being used, you're now seeing yeah. more, you know, soy-based inks. In terms of the plastics, we can use plant-based plastics, um, all these different elements. Um, so I think as we become more mindful and we're able to make better material choices as we're able to layer that into some of the other elements I, I made. But basically, how can you make it more effective? How, how can you yeah. utilize that for more? Uh, I think is incredibly important. Amazing. Well, there's a lot of gold that came out of that answer there. And I'm sure the listeners are frantically jotting down some notes there on those bullet points of things that people should be looking for. Um, 
with all of the experience that you've had, you know, in particular, a good housekeeping, all these different products that are coming through the labs there, um, is there anything else that you would want to offer people as advice? Let's say that this is somebody who has an idea, is just starting to get some concepts down on paper before they go and get a prototype made. Is there anything at this early stage people should be concerned with? One of the things that I often come back to is solve a problem consumers know that they have. Um, so if you're out there and, and you think you're going to reinvent an entire thing and you know explain to people why they need it, you've lost them already. You know mm -hmm. you can't have to explain to them why they need the product. They should innately know and be like, ah, you're making my life so much easier. You're making it so much better. You're solving a problem I, I know that I have. Yeah. So I think that that's like a really easy pathway that if you can say, I'm solving a real consumer pain point and it's going to be delivered in a way they're going to easily understand. Um, I think you're already leaps and bounds ahead of, you know, the, the majority of product that's going to be introduced. Great stuff. Well, I think we've gone through our questions here. We've got some amazing insights here from Rachel. Um, Rachel, if somebody wanted to reach out or follow you, what, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Instagram, I'm Rachel underscore Rothman is probably the easiest way uh, for you to reach out to me. Perfect. We'll put that. You'll see a lot notes. of spamming of my spamming of my children and cool products. That's <laughs> that's nice. the mix. Of, that's that's the mix of my Instagram. Good stuff. Um, yeah. Well, that's it for this episode of Unbox. Thank you to our guest Rachel for sharing their insights and all their expertise with us. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review wherever you're listening to this. It means a lot to us and the algorithm robot overlords. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, maybe for future episodes, you can reach us on email at unboxed at merchantboxes.com. And until next time, keep thinking outside the box and creating unforgettable brand experiences. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It was sponsored by Merchant Boxes. Merchant Boxes provide custom packaging to large businesses and small creators that customers love. If you are looking for award-winning custom package designs that make your business and products stand out from the competition, click the link in the show notes to find out more.